Welcome to the FX Loop. I'm Diaz. I'm Chris. I'm Marissa. I'm Scott. And I'm Doug Cower. Keeping you in the loop of the guitar community. All right, this uh, week is brought to you by our Threadless store. Uh, you can get the link in the episode description and go check out some of the cool stuff we've got on there. Uh, Scott got a couple items in. They look really great. Um, My new shower curtain looks so good. <laughs> that would be the best thing. I really want... They had they have the shower curtain. Don't they have like a giant blanket too? Yep. Yeah, so they can keep you in the loop of what's going on in your bedroom. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this got weird. Do we want to do another take? No, no. let's keep it. Let's keep <laughs> it. We're, we're keeping it weird, guys. <laughs> keeping it weird so you don't have to. <laughs> oh, whoa, whoa, hold on. Oh, oh no. All right. Uh, so let's talk about what's new going on with uh, you guys. Chris, what you got new? Uh, nothing. <laughs> Buy more stuff. I'm now trying to sell to stuff. What are you trying to sell? Um, liquidating probably a lot of my unused pedals. Are you selling that third dimension? Possibly. If you end up selling it, let me know. Will do. So... <laughs> Everyone's just going to hear a deal being made in the listening. <laughs> hey, we make special deal. Yeah. Uh, Marissa, what's going on with you? Nothing. Golly, Bob. Good start. Guys. Yeah. Let's see. I'm going to I'm gonna go for Scott. If you don't have anything new, I'm, I'm just quitting. Oh, no. I, I got a, a brand new acoustics consulting position. <laughs> You've got a job, a paycheck. Those, those got... are nice. Yeah, I got a new job this week. Uh, just came back from Canada, doing some uh, onboarding up there. Looks like some fun stuff. I'm no longer fun employed. Wait, wait so w- when you were in Canada, did you go to Tim Hortons? I didn't. Oh. That's I the that one thing I forgot to do. It's good. I I just had I had breakfast at my hotel, so I didn't have to go to Timmy's. One of <laughs> one of my favorite uh, people to listen to is Kevin Smith, the guy who did Clerks and Mallrats mm. and all that and Viewskew. Uh, and he talks about Tim Hortons, and he's a big guy, and I'm a big guy, and I, I trust his opinion. And if if I need to get ten bits in my life, I guess that's what I need to do. So what I really need to do is buy like used Mexican fenders and just fly up there with them and sell them on Craigslist. Is that are the prices that crazy up there? Yeah, because they're importing and all this kind of stuff. So I could probably make a, a decent penny. Well, that's not just I, Mexico and. Uh, that's just not Mexico into the U.S. That's Mexico into the U.S. into Canada. Yeah, that's a dual port. Yeah. There you go. Let's see. And then, uh, Doug, do you have anything new in your gear life? All right. Someone mark that because we lost Doug. Uh oh. And he he left and came back in. Oh, there he went. Alright. I'm starting to think we only need to do one episode this week. Probably. Yeah. yeah. We'll have him on next week and we'll do the next episode. <coughs> uh if he lost if he lost his recording, oh my gosh. No, we'll be good. I've got the backup of him. Okay. 
Douglas. Sir Cower. I wonder if you play Kung Fu Fighting by what's his name? Carl Malone or Carl something. I think Carl Malone's a post Malone? No. Oh. No, we can't hear you, Doug. Uh is there a way for you to mute uh let's see. If you go and you tap on the screen, there's a little thing down the left to shut off. Hit. Hello. Ah, here we go. Hang on. Here we go. Can you hear me now? Yes. It Yay! worked. It started, block it started blocking my microphone. I don't know why. <laughs> what is that noise in the background? <laughs> Someone at Disney World. Oh my gosh, it's Kung Fu Party. <laughs> it worked. <laughs> How to summon Doug Cower. Oh my god. I'm sorry, guys. This is, this is no. embarrassing. No, it's fine. <laughs> alright, alright, alright. So, uh, did did I disappear right as uh, you asked me what I was up to? Yes. Yeah, uh, did you, yeah, did you oh, stop good. recording or is it still been So that works out perfectly. Yeah, uh, let's see. I think I am <laughs> still recording. And uh, okay. what, have, what have I been up to? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> there you guys go. Let's right. do that without the, the copyrighted music. <laughs> yeah, all right, all right. So we'll go for a little bit of dead air, and then uh, we'll go back into it. So Diaz, just ask him what's new with him. Uh, not too much. I've been, uh, you know, same as you guys. Uh, I don't know, trying to sell stuff for work and, you know, uh, no, nothing. Nothing at all. <laughs> <I think laughs> Apparently last... ruining, ruining podcasts is kind of what I've been doing today. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I was going to say, I remember the last time you bought something was like the Strymon Flint. Yeah. I I, I, that. Well, okay, that's not true. I, I very rarely get to buy gear. Uh, I, I actually have had very little time um, this year to play guitar at all. Um, and I'm very notorious about I don't do trades, but I did trade a guitar from our spring cleaning sale um, for a Meloduende, which you guys may or may not have heard of. Um, they're a, a builder in France, and they build kind of aluminum-bodied guitars. And uh, I know them because they built one for they built a couple for Scott Holiday, who plays our stuff. Um, and it's super rad. It's kind of like a, a modern. <laughs> this is going to be really embarrassing because I actually don't know the model name. Uh, of the guitar that I now own, <laughs> uh, but it's kind of like a modern Billy Bow-ish thing, and it's it's really cool. Uh, I'm really hoping at some point I will find an hour of free time to actually play it, because um, it, it sounds rad. Uh, I played it at the shop a little bit, and you know, hopefully get a chance to go out and hit a jam night or something pretty soon, and really give it a good workout. So that's well, something everyone, I guess. Everyone knows everyone knows that guitar builders do nothing but sit around and play guitar all day. Oh my god, so, yeah, all day. That's all I do it. is play guitar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, we just did this show in Berlin like three weeks ago, and I literally the first time I touched those guitars after uh, as complete guitars was when I pulled them out of the box at the show. I, wow. I you know I started them all, but I, I didn't paint them. I didn't assemble them. I didn't do the fretwork. I did all the woodwork though. So that was something. It still counts. Uh, yeah. But I just didn't even have time to play them. Ben put them like my assembly guy put them together, and I'm like, "So you want to play them?" I'm like, "No, not really. I'm sure they're fine." <laughs> I, I don't know if I could do that. I would see that. I if I ever started a business, it would go under in a week. <laughs> well, I'd be like, "No, yeah. you have to actually build something." I'm like, "I, I guess, okay." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's all right. Yeah, 
I, uh, you do it all day. You know, it's kind of hard to be excited about it after hours, but uh, I am excited about that Miller Duende. I'm really looking forward to playing that. That's pretty cool. Um, I got my PH2 in, my boss, Phaser, um, because I was watching too much Incubus. And <laughs> so I got to play with it uh, at church today, and I actually took my reverb off my board and used my reverb com- just straight from my Kemper and then put the, my phaser on there. I did it like right in between um, <clears throat> rehearsal and the actual service. And I kept throwing it in there randomly. <laughs> I went too much fun. So, but I use it pretty subtle. I don't go crazy with it. So that was pretty neat. The other guitar player was, he was like talking about a phase 90. I was like, nah, dude, this is the phaser right here. I still think that there should be more phasers out there. I like phaser. We've had a phaser in our gear news for like the last four of our last five episodes. So <laughs> they're there. Well, more people need to utilize them. Oh, so, because I but I already I already went on that last week, and I talked about a person. I still think that's funny. Um, yeah, where <laughs> you mentioned that the Green Day bass player played an in Incubus for a little while. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm still upset that Chris didn't catch that. I listen. I was listening to the episode yesterday on the way home from work, and I was like, "Uh, that's wrong." So, <laughs> so I was like, "I was." That was the I, only time you I, noticed that. I didn't have a nap last week, so I was probably like super phased out. So. <laughs> yeah. Let's see, and then we're gonna. So let's move on to gear news. What's going on? Um, let's, we've got uh. The Lecom, how, how do you put Lecom? Lecom, close enough. Lecom MIDI I don't controller. I ever said the company name in we'll go any with of the stuff we saw. So, well, that's because they don't know how to pronounce their own company name. Um, let's see. <laughs> so they've got a MIDI controller harmonica thing that runs in iOS. Yeah, that's crazy. This is the greatest thing ever. I, I love this. I think this is the greatest combination of the two most annoying things mankind has ever created. <laughs> well, I, I think I it's know. amazing. If you can get it to sound like an oboe, I think that would be it. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm okay with that. I, I yeah, I really, as someone who frequents a fair amount of blues jams, have grown a lot of disdain for harmonica players. And as someone who also has an enormous amount of love of my electroharmonic C9. Um, to annoy people with my organ skills, um, yeah, this is right up my alley. Um, I think I could, I think I could really, really do some damage with this combo. The harmonica is one of those instruments that, when played tastefully, is amazing. It's great. <laughs> John John Popper from Blues Traveler, perfect yeah. example. Uh, Bono from U two. For one first, song. What Sully Erna from Godsmack plays it on uh, um, Shine Down, the song they've got called Shine Down. Billy Joe. Uh, Minority. What Can about Billy Joel? There you go. I'll take Billy Joel over <laughs> Billy Joe. So. Uh, somebody go through his catalog, including Deep Tracks, and post it in the group. <laughs> if, if you find one. I would just love for somebody to hook this <laughs> up while they're doing like an acoustics jam. And trying to play it like Bob Dylan style, where it's just slop all over. Oh, the place. like on the, like the metal thing that hangs around your neck too. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> hold, 
Hold on. I love the people who say they play harmonica, but they do just like that. The Bob Dylan and the Atlantis Morissette, where they just find one spot that sounds right and just blow in and out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Listen, that Continue. was so good. I didn't even catch what you actually right, said. So <laughs> let's, let's actually talk about the product real out. quick because this is amazing. Uh, not only is a, a chromatic harmonica really an annoying instrument, this takes it to another level because now it has really clicky buttons on it, and it is huge. And you can play with the guitarist. It doesn't work by just blowing across your iPhone. Like I'm kind of bummed out that there's a separate thing for it. Oh, like the Ocarina app? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah, God. That, that thing was sweet. But, yeah, this uh, they have a demo of this. It's a it's a class-compliant USB drive or MIDI, blah, 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 blah. It means it, it, it just works with all MIDI crap. Uh, <laughs> that was a lot of words. Yeah, it, it was a lot of words that mean nothing other than just plug the USB cable in. Um, and hope yeah, they have the driver. They have it running into uh, GarageBand on a very 80s riffic metal uh, guitar plug-in. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Just like the ones that sound like the old Casios. Yeah. And This video I, is I, highly I entertaining to watch it. when it's on mute. It looks like he's blowing a Wii controller. <laughs> <laughs> it's really entertaining. <laughs> And I, I didn't mean that in the, the, joy the of this way. I meant literally it looks like he's blowing on a Wii remote. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <yeah>. Oh, <laughs> it <man. looks> fun. <laughs> it looks like a lot of fun. I If it was 100 bucks, I would totally pick one up just to noodle with. I didn't, yeah, see, I just the, looked at the price. I didn't see the price on it. Tell me. Seven? 750 euros. Ooh, which ass. comes out no. to what? Eight, About 900 bucks. Yeah. yeah. No. So, no. Uh, I'll I can stick do all of that. <laughs> what, what? Hold on. Number one, I want to meet the harmonica player that sees this and says, "That's it. That's my in. That's how I'm going to get into the band." Oh no, no. Seriously, go Google. Uh, <laughs> uh, the article that first pitched this to us mentions one from the '80s uh, that did a very similar thing at about eight times the size, <laughs> called the Millionizer 2000. Oh god. Yeah, that one looks like he's blowing an Atari. <laughs> that's how thing. you that's how you get the cartridges to work yeah you gotta play harmonica on it that's exactly what it looks like he's doing game systems yeah well you know i'm a sega kid yeah that's exactly but how you fix them if you leave youtube autoplay on with while you're watching the millionizer video it gets deep into like <laughs> really odd stuff so uh these will be posted in the group because they are worth sharing i would love to be doug's kids you be like dad my Xbox One's not working. He's like, blow in it. <laughs> Dad, my leg's broken. Blow in it. <laughs> it's the, uh, it's the sure, 90s. I should have done that with my Pro Tools today to get it working. Did you try yeah, or, yeah. <laughs> That's how I got Hangouts recording here. Don't you guys knock it? When I buy a cower, I'm going to I'm gonna email him two weeks later. Be like, this thing's out of tune. He's like, did you try blowing on it? It's going to be my new reply. It's going to be my auto reply. I'm going to have to answer emails anymore. It's brilliant. Uh, did you try blowing on it? All right. <laughs> All right. Now that we're I'll give it. I'll give it three months, and Scott's going to be trying to build one out of an Arduino at home. And yeah. that <laughs> that's it. He's like, hold on, hold on I'm going to build one. 
Let's see. <laughs> All right, and then we're going to move we're moving on to uh, Mercurial Audio is offering... Mercurial. I don't know how words work. <laughs> Uh, is, is offering you a free plug-in course pedal. I don't use plugins on anything, so Scott, that might be effective for you. So you can sound yeah, like the um, 80s. It's, uh, it's available for free, so go buy it. It's a, it's literally a chorus pedal. That's nothing more needs to be said. Like other bare than bones chorus pedal at that. Well, it's, it's, it's a straightforward chorus pedal. My yeah. favorite chorus pedal is my uh, Ibanez CS9, and it is two knobs. Like, that's all yeah. you need. This has three knobs. Whoa, yeah, um, too much. And it's true bypass, <laughs> I think. Uh, <laughs> Listen, I actually uh, was uh, thinking about that for a second. I was like, wait, hold on, that's a plug-in. Does yeah, the only chorus pedals I play have buttons. Yeah, so uh, when we saw this, I was in Canada <laughs> and away from all my junk, so I haven't been able to try it out yet. But if you go to their site... Um, they have actually like six or seven different kind of plugins available for free right now to try out. So go ahead and go give it a look. Um, and we'll let you know. I mean, uh, I know GTR doesn't really, by Waves, doesn't really have a good chorus pedal on it. There's actually a few of them that are out there that just don't really have very good stuff. So um, hopefully this kind of fills in a gap where there have, that hasn't been there. So. All right. And then uh, we're moving on to... They have an article about the best electric guitar strings in the world today, uh, which I don't know how much I trust this list. Because uh, the first one on there is the Ernie Ball Paradigms, which I've heard good things, but they've been around for like three months. Can you really say they're the best already? If they've lasted three months, yes. Should they lasted more than a week for Ernie Balls, that's a pretty good start. Yeah, I, mean, I, I hate Plasma Balls. Enhanced Wrap Wire. Ooh. Yeah. What the hell does plasma enhanced wrap wire mean? That's fancy. <laughs> I mean, I hope it's very. I hope they went to like uh, Livermore Labs where they did the uh, where they had that giant laser that they used for the engine room in like the last Star Trek movie and like yeah. pull the strings through that whatever they're trying to create there. And yeah, I, I'm totally in. I want I want plasma infused. <laughs> or or am I all wrong and it's like they're just going to blood banks and like dipping the strings in plasma like literally yeah, you're, you're going to get the hiv from I donate strings. plasma that's what's going to happen I donate plasma and I've never had anyone come in with guitar strings so well I think I you're missing your your mark there yeah, what I, are they doing in the back room Diaz that's really the question I'm going to have to <laughs> talk with them I go on Wednesdays and Fridays so I'm going to have to have a talk with them and see what's going on uh, so, see. yeah, this is this is Music Radar's rundown of all the best strings that they say are out there right now. I've never even heard of these. A lot. Yeah, of, these are almost all fairly recently released things other than... Roto Sound Rotos. I used those for a Idiot. long time. Did you really? Yeah. What? Here's my question. Who came up with that, like, idea for that being the name? Roto Sound... Rotos. The Jed Bob Bobs, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, these is... guys have been around since at least the seventies, so oh. that probably plays a lot into it. They're color coordinated, so if you are colorblind, tough crap. <laughs> uh, I'm really surprised that the uh, DR neon multicolor strings are on this list. They're on it. Yes, they are on the very bottom. <sighs> 
yeah, where they belong. Oh yeah. <laughs> I Ooh. I used to use the black ones like when I was in high school very briefly. Uh not a fan. Uh, we'll get listen, these multicolors from the base. I I had I had the uh black ones too because it represented my soul as a high school. Ooh. And <laughs> here's my question. It gets dark, man. Is who wants to play a venue with strings that are lit up by blacklight and not be completely grossed out about what else is lit up by blacklight at that venue? Like, I don't want to live uh, in that world. And what venue is actually using blacklight? <laughs> the, <venue>. <laughs> <laughs> the same venue that plays Sandstorm on repeat? Yep. <laughs> Blue Man Group? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah Dude, I remember seeing Blue Man Group when I was in high school, and that was pretty cool, though. That's all I'm saying. That. That's immediately what I thought of when I saw these. I'm like, yeah, the bass player for Blue Man Group probably has these. That's probably what they were invented for, and he's their only customer. Okay. And it's a custom set. Well, there's like eight bass players for the Blue Man Group in any given city. So True. That's enough. That's sustainable. There's a set on there that I do want to try out, (laughs) and that's the Optima Gold Brian May Signature. Those (laughs) they're they're twenty four karat gold strings. Ooh. It's twenty three dollars a set. When you're using your coin as a pick, it's not hey, like listen, that. well, that that coin, you know the whole story. Like that coin, they don't make anymore, and he bought like every bit of them. It has a stockpile of them, right? <laughs> that's it, that's Brian May is a genius. Like he's legit genius. Like I think he's actually like a rocket scientist. No, he is not. Like he is actually a rocket scientist. Yeah, he yes. is actually. Well, yeah, that's not like, he... you, you are correct in that, sir. Yes, he is a rocket scientist. That's Dr. Brian May to you. Is, it, is he benighted? Is he Sir Dr. Brian May? Hmm, that's there's no, there's no like... way that that man has not been knighted. His mm. hair just looks like he belongs to be knighted. Maybe he will after their movie comes out this summer. I'm excited for that. Yeah, and that looked really good. And I was like, eh. Okay. All right. So let's just say. Here's the question, though. What is everyone? If you had to pick the number one uh, strings in the world currently being made, what would you say is the best strings being made? For Chris. me or for everybody? Everyone. I want Chris. Tell us. Uh, Gabriel Tenario. I've really enjoyed those. Yeah, they've lasted a really long time, so far. Like everybody says. I played my Firebird today, and I was just shocked how the strings still felt like they were still brand new. Did you get the uh, uh, Artist series, or did you get the uh, normal? I just got the normal. I can't afford to buy the whole the hundred dollars worth of strings. Four sets for a hundred bucks. Yeah, <laughs> not off the not not right away. It That's actually not that expensive. It's it, not the the no. main thing is is that I've got different guitars, and I'm using I've been trying different gauges. So every time I order a set. I've actually messaged Gabriel and said, that was like, I ordered a set for my uh, Firebird. I was like, what do you suggest for this? My SG, what do you suggest for this? So I kind of, I did that. But yeah, he makes killer stuff. Marissa, who do you think makes the best strings? I like the string joys. I haven't tried those yet. They're one of the few you can actually get like a wound G through. I need to try the wound G on, from my, uh, on the set I bought. Well, what was the gauge though? Uh, they were twelves. Okay, exactly. I was able to get like a ten set with a wound G. Oh, nice. You play with twelves. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, Are my, you literally uh, Groot? No. Uh, no, on my on my. Se- <laughs> Uh, on my century, I have twelves because that's what they came with okay. for that wound G, and I I typically only tune it up to D, so it it works better. Huh. I can see uh, that. Doug, who who do you think's making the best? Um, well, I've been using the same company for like ten years. Uh, it's called String Dog, uh, StringDog.net, and they were uh, Joe Naylor, you know, of Reverend Guitars. That was his company. Uh, mm-hmm. When Joe is going to start and you know make everything, and then he sold it to the current owners, who I've always dealt with. I, I found them after they sold, and uh, they've been great. I mean, I they've been on every single Cower and Titan we've ever shipped um, in mm-hmm. in my eleven or twelve year history. Now um, they're kind of a they probably need way more marketing than they do, and I we do our best to help them. But uh, they're they remind me because I was an Ernie Ball guy for a long time. Uh, but Ernie Balls just never seemed to last more than like three days for me. Like, like what made them good would wear off in the first forty-eight hours, and then they would last about a week and then die. Um, string dogs remind me a lot of that, but they sound that way for much longer. Like they they have what I like about uh, Ernie Balls for like a couple of weeks of good playing, and then they yeah. just still sound really good for you know. Uh, for us, because we get so many people to put their hands on guitars, any strings that last a month are pretty good. Um, yeah, that's, you know, that's it's, not it's, bad. So yeah. I, I know people talk a lot about how how Taylor started putting elixirs for all the mm-hmm. store models, and that kind of lets the Guitar Center kind of life cycle of them sound better. A lot longer, sure. Have you? Do you ever use coded strings for any of like your show guitars or anything like that? Um, you... No, I don't because, uh, you know, most of the time I, I don't – like I totally get why Taylor uses the elixirs. I don't like the way they sound all that much, um, you know. So I get why their goal is to make that guitar sound as good as it humanly can for as long as it can in the store uh, when two million people come through who don't wash their hands. Um, but usually at the shows, you know, we're their strings are definitely roasted by the end of it. But we're you know it's two days uh, or four days at the most for Nam, so uh, we don't sweat it too much for that. Um, you know, I bring extras with me in case something breaks, but um, I don't. I don't usually change them out. Uh, though I will say one thing I have noticed, geographically speaking, uh, Nam surprisingly is not as bad as Berlin was this last round. Berlin, something about I don't know, if maybe smoking is more prevalent or just not washing your hands as much. But All damn dirty Germans! Yeah. yeah. Oh man, the, I I've never seen a set of our strings go. Uh, roach like that quickly and I've never had to wipe like at winter nam I literally never wiped the guitars down mostly because I'm lazy um but they they generally did okay like it in the first three hours like I literally had to take like a damp cloth and wipe the backs of the necks down they were so gross like oh my it's all the bro yeah. worst it has yeah. to be well I, okay in all fairness it was probably me then uh, I have <laughs> had so much Corey worst over there. <laughs> Hold on, and before before all the Germans who are listening get mad, my family immigrated from Germany. Okay, yeah, like I'm, I'm, I'm first half, generation I'm American. Yeah, I'm I'm, half, I'm pretty much half German, half Spanish. So yeah. Diaz is the Spanish, but it's like my grandmother still cursed me out in German. So we're all good. Listen, I, the, I, I don't think the German part of my family is listening, so we're all good. The best, one, of, one of the most German things that I absolutely love, and everyone always gets freaked out by it, is uh, we used to eat for Christmas pig's feet and sauerkraut. Sure. 
I almost that, ordered pig's feet just now. Dude, I was at dim sum and that was that was on the menu. Pig's feet <laughs> and sauerkraut is one of the most insane meals when you look at it, and it but it just it tastes great. It's it's good food. <laughs> you know what strings are on this list that I did try uh, recently are those uh, um, Diadario NLXLs or NYXLs. They gave us a yeah. bunch of Nam, and uh, it just happened to be what I had in the drawer at my house the other uh, a while ago. They're nice. I like them. Uh, they they were, they they're were... Uh, they take us them on. They kind of have this dry feeling to them, mm-hmm. and, and but after you play, they kind of break in. But they do have a nice like pop to them. Yeah, they sound like good. I never really get to play that guitar plugged in too much, but it was it was on the it was actually on that green super chief that we built for Nam. It's been at my house until I went to this art exhibit thing, and and uh, that guitar was significantly louder acoustically. Um, than almost any other Super Chief, and I think that's the only difference was those strings um, that I that I can think of offhand. I don't, I didn't really play it um, when we went back to the string dogs on it, so I have to compare it when I get a chance to play it again. But yeah, they seem nice. Um, free strings are free strings. I was happy about that. Well, not free. I know that's yeah. right. <laughs> Nothing at Nam is free. <laughs> yeah, no. Listen, I probably still owe some people some stuff from last summer. Nam, I don't even know about. <laughs> Uh, I mean, you're you're you got that demo coming out soon, right? Oof. Oof. <laughs> All right. So there's the there's the running joke. I I oh, owe a demo, and I it's I, not a joke. You owe a demo. Well, I mean, it's not. A, <laughs> I'm talking about like the smart ass comments. Uh, but listen, talk, looking at you, Zach. Um, he's in the group. He brings it up. Uh, so yeah, I owe a demo to uh, Lambertone pickups but life just kind of got crazy uh, i'm working like 72 hour weeks and my wife just had surgery uh, a couple weeks ago and so i'm kind of playing mom and dad and working like crazy and pretty much all heck is broken loose in my life so it's always been fun so that's at this point we'll is. just plan on recording at the nam house i d- i did put that is the worst case scenario i recorded at the nam house i get it out and, and yeah, i mean we done. got all the equipment so we can do a nice fancy shoot and yeah i'll never offer to do demo work again so <laughs> i learned my lesson the hard way uh but i oh i didn't get to say my favorite strings gabriel scenario good stuff so, but uh, Doug, what was that brand you said again? So people can look them up. Uh, it's stringdog.net. Um, they're great. They're, they're, yep. Yeah, and they, they all come with an extra B and an E string, which is kind of nice. And, oh, and no, that is good. Um, until you, you know, you've been using them forever, and you have like two thousand extra E strings. I know guys that just go through high E strings. I so. I do actually pretty notoriously uh, across any brand. I'm I'm. Uh, when in doubt for talent, bend hard. That's kind of my rule. Uh, so, <laughs> well, listen. When I first started playing guitar, I the first church I played at was an all black church. The only white people were me and my brother. He's a drummer. Um, he's the guy who does the uh, uh, our intro song. That's his stuff. And sure. also his his uh, uh, his lady went into labor today. So, Marcus, if you listen to this, congratulations on having a child. For the first time but uh we we went and um we went to play and i was timid i was scared 
I've got all these excellent musicians. And if you've ever been into an all black church, the musicianship is amazing there, like 99% of the time. It's just, <laughs> it, I, it's one of those good stereotypes. Yeah. I listen, it, it's true, but it's not a stereotype. It's definitely a situation where I would be in the 1%. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'd be the I, terrible one. <laughs> you've been to a terrible one? No, I would be the terrible one. I'd be like, oh. yeah, I'm fully a one percenter. <laughs> no. <laughs> but um, that's one of the first like lessons that the the like music director taught me. He's like, he said, "Man, when in doubt, just keep bending till it sounds right." I was like, "Okay," <laughs> and listen, it's worked for me this so this far. So gotta stay with it. Mm-hmm. But um, let's go ahead and we're gonna move on to our topic, which this week our topic is actually our special guest, Mr. Doug Cower. Um, so. Doug has been a uh, pretty much a, a pretty well-known person through the Facebook groups. Um, infamously he makes so. infamously so. The, be- <laughs> the best is is Doug usually doesn't post much, uh, but whenever he does, if you get a notification of it, you might might want to check it out. Um, well, it depends but, on what group you're in, because there, the, yeah, yes. there's yeah, the more inner level groups are usually to get the full blown like. Oh, here's Real Doug bad. on a rant about how dumb this guy is. Yeah. <laughs> Those are, yeah. Gonna, that, stay tuned next week for when we go into that. Um, Doug, will actually, Doug will be on next week, so come back and, and check it out. We'll go into more. Um, but let's see. Doug, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, Cower Guitars and Titan Guitars and, and everything you're doing? Sure. So I, I started... Uh, well, I'm Doug Cower, obviously. We've mentioned that. Uh, I started the business. I started building guitars about, oh, God, 15, 16 years ago now. My uh, my dad was a cabinet maker, um, so I've grown up doing that. I mean, there's pictures of me. Uh, there's a picture of me on my desk at, like, five years old with earmuffs bigger than my head catching uh, crown molding coming out of the molder when we started in our garage all those years ago, um, so 20, 30 years ago now. And then uh, – um, I just kind of fell into guitar building. Like I, I had no intentions of being self-employed. I, I went through that with my parents and I was like, I'm never going to do that. Uh, I'm going to get a teaching job. I was really uh, passionate about being a teacher, which is ironic because I was a terrible student and I hated going to school, um, which is probably why I didn't finish, uh, honestly. Uh, but I, yeah, I just, I had this piece of maple come in the shop one day that was really pretty. It was, you know, it's just in the pile that was going to become, you know, crown molding or baseboard you know something cabinet doors or whatever and and uh i set it aside and said something to my girlfriend at the time my wife now about how i should make a guitar um but the the main thing was kind of like i had that same epiphany at the time like because i played guitar and i always kind of messed with them a little bit but i um always even though i would work my whole life i always kind of felt like guitars were this like somebody carried it down off the mountaintop type thing like i had the epiphany that no like people make those things. Like, I don't know why I can't make one. I have all the tools. I've been certainly doing it long enough. Um, and it seems like I have an arrogant way to get into it, but it's not really what it was, but it, uh, I just started making guitars. I, I was very fortunate that I had the woodworking background and my father-in-law, my, my wife's dad, um, we, my wife and I met because we were both musicians and she started singing in my band. And, you know, this was like 2000, 2001. And, but her dad and the and I knew her parents actually before I knew uh, Teresa because um, they are kind of the stalwarts of like the local band where you know they're always playing stuff in town. 
and uh, uh, and they were both teachers and people I played uh, growing up with played or had them as teachers at some point. And it, I, Elk Grove, the town that we lived in at the time was at the time was a pretty good tiny town, so everybody kind of knew each other. Um, but Steve did like light repair works, so, like he knew how like soldering pickups and and refrets and that kind of stuff like the more guitar specific stuff that or the details end of it um so it just kind of came together and and started uh i really started with the daylighter and that was just something that i designed because i love jazz master shaped guitars but i hate jazz masters and i love les paul's sonically but i hate les paul's and uh, designed a carved top jazz master, and then people liked it, and I, like an idiot, made it into a business. <laughs> <laughs> and I never play guitar, so it seems to be kind of the normal arc. <laughs> but yeah, well, that's pretty cool. Um, they, uh, <clears throat> you've got a, a handful of different models. It seems mm-hmm. like um, you you don't have a wide range which is good in my opinion I, there's there's a lot of these guitar companies that have so many different styles sure it's you've you've got your 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 ones and you do them really well yeah i i mean we it depends on how you look at it. so i have like three main we call it families uh, and so it's basically three main shapes it's the banshee which is our kind of firebird ish guitar um and then we have the daylighter which is the jazzmaster ish shaped guitar um, and then we have what was is Starliner, um, which is kind of our single cut, what I want Les Paul to be, um, but does it isn't currently guitar. Uh, but within those things that we would have, you know, carved tops, flat tops, semi hollows, juniors, like all these variations on that theme. I mean, it's kind of the same thing with like PRS and whatnot, where uh, we would kind of take a good shape and then, frankly, milk it to death. Uh, but we've kind of I've consciously in the last about two years started pulling things out of the lineup and trying to focus on about just three guitars at a time. Um, it, mostly because it, like the last time we did winter Nam, we realized, you know, we brought 40 guitars to winter Nam, and because we had 14 models, quote unquote, you know, I had to bring one of each thing, but a lot of those models haven't been popular for a while. And I'm like, that's just kind of dumb. Um, it's, you know, so we, we're kind of just focusing on Super Chief and Banshee right now, and then Titan, our, our other line, um, is kind of the third thing we're making. Um, but I still like to go off the rails, and you know, we, we if we pull something out of the lineup, it's not like I go delete the programs and break them, you know, all the jigs. It's you know, I can still make one here and there, and you know, I like doing that. Uh, but it's just nice to focus on a few things at one time. Yeah, and uh, so you mentioned Titan. Uh, you just <laughs> started those out. It's been over a year now, hasn't it? Yeah, we're coming up on two years. Um, two, wow. Actually, yeah. so we oh, would have pulled the curtain back. Um, we didn't start selling them officially, but uh, we do that big open house in June every year, which this year we're not doing because uh, of other events that conflict. Um, but we would have, un- it would have been two years ago, really this coming up month, that we would have unveiled it. Uh, so, like, typically we do a, uh, at our own event in the summer, we kind of pull the curtain back on whatever we're going to start selling in around NAM, you know, first of the year. Um, so we, we kind of, um, just have done that. It's been officially for sales since, uh, January 1st of last year. Uh, and then, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, it's going pretty good. I mean, it's a great guitar. I, I, uh, I'm really, really proud of it, uh, as a, 
what we accomplished for the money. Um, mm-hmm. And and like it's really easy to build a guitar and sell it for no money. Like that's easy um, to do it in a way that you know everybody gets paid and and you can afford to make the next guitar um, is very difficult. Um, and we we kind of found a balance and a, a method. It's been a struggle. It's still kind of a struggle, but we're we're making it work, and we did it without having to go overseas, which was a big deal for me. Yeah, and the the cool thing that about the Titan line is the fact that um, would you say it's modular? Is that what you call it, where you can take yeah take that whole that whole pickup or the whole uh, pick guard <laughs> control has all your controls. You yep. can take that out, put another one in, and uh, 60 Cycle Hum did a demo of how fast they did it. It was only a few minutes, I think. Yeah, about five minutes to take it and swap it out. Yeah, it's, you know, we, we approach that from two perspectives. One, obviously, like, the classic trap that Cower falls into and why Cower starts really, on, I mean, we have a couple things that aren't three grand, but the average Cower is about $3,900, um, is... Cowers are built fairly specifically to order, and they are um, not always that flexible. Like if you want to change something after the fact, and you know, there's there's a lot of options. And and Cowers, the brand that I enjoy doing, like you know, hey, you know, uh, we did a banshee for Chris Benson, and Chris Benson wanted me to match his Astro Van for the paint color. Um, that's the brand we can do that with. Titan is we can't do that kind of stuff. It, it just spirals out of control, and then the price gets where where Cowers at. Um, yeah. So what the the idea of the electronics all being on the pick guard was twofold. One, from a manufacturing point of view, it's one body. I can make one body over and over and over again, and it doesn't matter how it gets ordered for what pickups are in it. Um, so that was a no brainer from the get go. Um, and then by and two, not having a like an electro socket output jack like we use on basically everything we make for Cower, where we have to add a step by drilling a hole in the thing and then. You know, uh, or anybody who's had a strat, like even a strat with a universal route, it's a great idea until you have to pull the pick guard and realize you have to unsolder the output jack because it goes through a, you know, a hole in the body. Mm-hmm. Um, so I knew I didn't want the shortest cord possible. Uh, oh, always, yeah. It's yeah, it's amazing how they can get that thing to be, you know, exactly the length installed and not a hair more. Um, so getting the output jack onto the pick guard was a big deal too, and and. You know, and I know I'm not the first person to do that, but to try to design it in a way that looks good um, and looks intentional without looking cheap, um, yeah. you know, and then th- that opened the ability to basically sell fully loaded pick cards. That it's one wire. I mean, it just unhooks, and it takes longer to get the strings out of the way than it does to uh, pull the twelve screws and, and swap pick cards. So it's it's been great. I, I really love it for that, um, and it's. You know, and to me, there's some unintended benefits of that big cavity. It makes the guitars really loud acoustically. Um, it's almost a giant chamber in there. Um, it's one of the things that I consistently hear by people who pick up Titans is, you know, they're always surprised how light it is, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, or how loud it is acoustically. It's a great sit on the couch and noodle guitar for that reason. Uh, one of the reasons, so I'm my goal is by the end of 2018 to own a Cower or a Titan. Sure. And, um, the one of the reasons why you know i really kind of have been like leaning towards the titan or maybe even like two titans for fun and or doing one cower mm-hmm. is that um there's a guy who buys them he listens to the shows it's adam dalhannock mm-hmm. and he he's still i mean he owns cowers and he still buys sure. titans yep yeah, I mean, he that definitely 
yeah he just yeah he just bought another one and like that just shows the quality if you've got a guy who's building you said 3900 on average yeah towards tight or titans what do you say probably about 1500 on average yeah average titan is typically like we have the standard which is 1299 with either duncan step lovers or duncan p90s which are great options i mean i and i'm i'm a person who was pretty anti-duncan snob for a long time um those pickups from them are tremendous and uh yeah i've got a pair of Seth lovers yeah they're a great pickup um but most people tend to go like Lawler or TV Jones. So the average KR1 usually clocks in about 1600 bucks. Um, right. Yeah. So, and you got this guy who's buying guitars that on average are about half the price. Yeah. And, and he still loves them. Like, yeah. That, that's a good, that's a testament to how great these guitars are. I've, I got to play one at uh, Summer Nam and, uh, Wait, you, did you? Yeah, you had them at Summer Nam last yeah. year, weren't they at the JHS booth? Didn't they? Uh, I had a few scattered through the show. I had one at the table or at the showcase where I was at, and then I had uh, um, JHS had one. Uh, Josh Scott has one. I mean, his his Titan, um, and then uh, the guys at Creation had my personal Titan, um, which happened to be in Nashville getting uh, demos done with RJ at the time. Um, they also had my Super Chief, personal Super Chief, over there. Um, and then I think we had another one somewhere else, I, maybe at Nick Rear's booth or something. I, I can't remember. Um, yeah, it's, you know, the thing that Titan, the thing that scared me the most about it when we went down this road was, you know, when they start showing up used, a guitar that's already $1,300 is going to sell for very cheap used. Um, and then as soon as that happens, we're going to start, we won't be able to sell Titans anymore. And, and that's a little bit of why we brought it under a different brand name in case it did flop. Um, but what's really amazed me is how rarely they come up for sale uh, used. That they they really like it doesn't happen very often. And and they have it seems like everybody I've talked to that has one, especially people that have one and a cower, uh, they love them and they end up keeping them because a like like I said, if you do get bored of how it sounds, it's just a you know three or four hundred dollar change instead of you know fifteen hundred dollar change um, to to mix it up and. B, it's you know the thing I've heard universally is it's the guitar that I don't worry about taking out and playing that it sounds amazing and you know it's just not a five thousand dollar guitar so I don't worry about going out and playing a dive bar yeah. you know night with it so that's made me really happy it's a that's, it's a good testament to that we did our job right I think yeah that was one of my concerns about if I ever bought a cower was because I'm not very like. I'm not rough on my guitars, sure, but I use them. Like, I've definitely like, shown up to a jam night to play three songs with fifteen thousand dollars in gear. Like I, I, I'm that guy. <laughs> you know, I, I've and it's you know it's kind of embarrassing and yeah, uh, it's <laughs> you know anytime I get like a new amp or something, I'm like, oh yeah, I just brought my Benson with the Tallbird and the Monarch and the cab and my freaking giant pedal board. You know that. Uh, it's full of, you know, JHS and Strymon and all this, you know, all, it's all industry friends. So it's kind of one of those things that you just end up acquiring because, you know, well, there's a lot of industry trades, you know, and, and, uh, but yeah, I'm like, oh, it was totally worth it to play three songs. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) Hope I don't get mugged on the way out. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. But yeah, I, Uh, I find that like I, um, the family band got together and we played for a, a friend's birthday party and. You know, my father-in-law's got an Argonaut and uh, uh, and a bunch of cowers, obviously. And, and then, you know, I brought my Super Chief and my Titan. And then the other guitar player in the band who played part of the set, um, he plays a, 
daylighter most of the time. And like, I brought my super chief and I literally, I brought it to every rehearsal and I brought it to the gig and I never picked it up. I played my Titan the entire time. Uh, it's, and it's my Titan specifically for me is a telecaster that finally works for me. Like it's a, I've never found a tele that I could bond with. And this, this just really works. I really like it. Yeah. Man. Very cool. Um, Doug, uh, oh. One of the things I've, I've, definitely notice from you versus a lot of other builders is how you seem to have a very unique way of painting your instruments versus sort of traditional <laughs> I was about to I was about to mention that because I, one of my favorite things to look at on the cower Instagram is the little boomerangs whenever sure. you do different colors and you you do a lot of sparkle um yeah which is you know which it's is funny great. the the last 4 years especially has been um, very nice that you almost without fail. Like if I do like a, like we did a super chief with a, uh, Redwood front and back. Um, that was actually the last piece of Redwood from this table that I built for my wife. And, uh, I mean, it was a stunning guitar and it took a while to sell, but like we did a Verde Chiara one or some oddball or a Nebula and those things sell immediately. Like the last two years, it's been great because I really love doing the more oddball finishes and I'm kind of glad that people aren't asking for sunburst, like just plain old sunburst all the time. And, um, I, I, I kind of have the, like uh, root beer flavor, the root beer. Color uh, that one was, the, yeah. That like, color is great. I got to like do another guitar that like, color. What is the, um, like whenever the fair comes into town, they're, they've got the little cars that go up and down and they have sure. those like sparkle, you know, like the root beer and the green and all that. The, yep. That's kind of what it reminds me of, <laughs> but not in the like in a bad sense. They just have. I that... like to be a little obnoxious. It, it makes me kind of happy. <laughs> <laughs> have you done one in pearlescent? The one where it's like purple into green into like yeah. Silver? We we just did. Actually, I didn't do it. Uh, so Tyler, the kid who uh, been with me the last three years, who unfortunately just left for a better job offer that we couldn't tell him no on. Um, I taught him to paint about a year ago. Um, he moved over from just standing guitars to painting. And one of the last things he did while I was in Berlin, uh, we did a Starliner Junior that is probably going to get assembled in the next couple weeks here. And it's a uh, um, black metallic. And then it's got like this blue pearl coat over the top. And it's insane. It like it shifts between kind of black to paint on the lighting to black metallic. And then once you, the pearl hits the light, it goes between like blue to purple. And it's insane. Uh, it, it is such a cool looking color. Uh, we've done a couple of those. We've, d we've done a lot of metal flake. I love doing metal flake. It's it's so makes me uh, the the inner teenage girl in me, I guess, very happy for sparkly things. Uh, I just I just had a, an image of you like covering your mouth with your hands, like they're shaking. You're so <laughs> oh yeah, it. it's very much like that. This this band that I just shot, um, it's, the flake is from a company called uh, Paint Huffer Metal Flake, which I'm I'm. I've followed for a long time, but they gave us some samples like two years ago. And for some reason, we just haven't done any flakes in a long time. Because uh, the downside to Metal Flake is it absolutely destroys my spray booth. Like, we we won't do it until I have like three or four guitars to do at the same time. And it has to be at like the end of my, like, about once, but like every quarter, we have to kind of repaint out the booth, repaint the floor, repaint the walls, you know, put all the fresh filters in. It just gets so gross. Um, so I, I, it was finally time and we shot this flake and it was in the can. It looked like bright yellow power bait. Like it had, it looked ex literally what we relabeled the can as power bait green. Uh, but when we shot it, it actually was more of a more green than yellow, 
but I didn't realize it at the time, it's color shifting flake. So when you get it outside and you rotate it, it shifts from like bright green to like super bright orange uh, hmm. to the point where even with the guitars just sitting in the shop, like, you know, those we make these racks and I have shop grade versions of them that we keep the guitars are in progress on. It's, it's on a banshee. So like the top horn is green, but the way the light reflects on the bottom horn is orange. And it's like, oh, I can't wait to get this one up and running. It's it's going to be so ridiculous. Um, yeah. <laughs> but my shoes are completely covered in color shifting green metal flake now. Uh, <laughs> oh, my gosh. That'd be great. Um, you mentioned the racks. Why don't you tell us about those? Because that's uh, that'll lead in kind of into next week. Kind sure. of end with a tease on that. Um, sure. But you've got a rack company as well. Yeah, I, I, it's kind of one of those things. I mean, as much as we do Titan and Cower every day, uh, the reality is guitars don't sell every day for us. They don't even sell every week for us usually. You know, um, we tend to sell a lot of guitars uh, right around first of the month when people get paid, and sometimes in the third week of the month if people get paid twice a month, and that's kind of it. Um, and and the the racks was something that I just built for my house. Honestly, I, I made a. We bought our first house, my wife and I, together, you know, 11 years ago now. And, and uh, I, you know, I had a space where I wanted to put guitars, and I just made this kind of nice-looking stand. Um, and I, I, people liked it, and I, again, fell into this trap. So we, I, for the first couple of years I did the business, we made these racks. And I made them in different woods and different sizes, but we never really, like, hammered out the – it's kind of a weird thing to say, but when you make an object and you sell it, it's not the making it that's difficult because obviously like I made the racks because I know how to do that. It was like the packaging or the padding material or like all those details that were just a nightmare. <laughs> and it just sucked the blood out of me and I just stopped doing it. And so, and at that point the guitars were busy enough that I, I didn't quite need the side income. And then about five, six years ago, we have this weird nook in our assembly office. Like, I don't know why they put it there, but it's a, 39 or 40 inch wide nook that's totally useless um, and we had so many guitars going that I was like you know what? I'm just going to make another one of those racks and just before I stopped doing it the first time we made a two level rack um, that the we made as two separate units that stacked and uh, so I made one for that corner and I put it on Instagram and people lost their minds over it They're like why don't you sell those and, and I, you, I, was like, I used to sell them and in the, the like six years that had gone by we bought our laser I had, you know, it's kind of like any other business. Like sometimes building guitars is not a lot hard, but knowing the right tool or the right person to tell you what tool or the right company to work with is the stuff that really improves the product over the years. Um, a lot of that same stuff kind of happened for the racks. And uh, so we approached it from a, I wanted to make one size option, one wood option, no kind of the same thing as Titan. I, and I want to have color choices. It's going to be, bamboo it's going to be just these two products um you can buy them together you can buy them separately um and and we we got the packaging worked out uh, and believe me if you want to have a podcast about cardboard sciences and packing sciences i will i can go in depth now i'm <laughs> knowledgeable on the subject now uh, we can, but we can it, have one, my buddy who does that professionally come in oh yeah if time. i ever had to go back and get a new profession that's what i would get into i'm um yeah it's a whole other ordeal Packaging, uh, engineering yep yeah <laughs> and so but uh i we made these racks and I, I put them out there and by sticking to like just the two racks 
we were able to kind of mass produce them in a way that that was effective for us. And they're not a cheap product, but they're not they're really kind of middle ground. There's nothing quite like so it's a it's a bamboo furniture grade guitar stand holds uh, the original ones. They hold seven guitars um, and then you can stack it. And so instead of uh, um, you could go basically go vertically and it's like it's like the Lego movie joke is like bunk bed couch yeah. um it's you know it's guitar bunk bed um so you can put 14 guitars in a three foot wide space um and it's an incredibly effective way of storing guitars especially for studios or you know apartments or rehearsal spaces and that kind of stuff um and there's nothing else quite like it on the market there's a couple guys that are close and frankly not as well executed as ours without trying to brag and they're actually quite a bit more money than what ours is surprisingly for as much complaints as we get about the cost. Um, but it's, it's fantastic. So now it's become almost to the point now where we are a rack company that almost builds guitars on the sides. Like the racks is what lets us do guitars. Um, well, honestly, well, like, I even saw them on, are they on, what was it? Zizounds or Zizounds yep. or American musical. Yep. yep. Yeah. So AMS and Zizounds are the same company. Yeah. Um, and uh, they, they're they the first people to start carrying the racks, and they've been thrilled with them. Uh, so we're, we're trying to push that, because the, the kind of the nice thing about them is, like, they are exactly what, it, because I share the space with my dad's business, you know, we, we technically, we have two separate leases, you know, we have, we have two separate shop units, so, you know, we each have 3,000 feet, but they're, they're adjoined. By a, via a giant hole in the wall, uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, but the machinery that I grew up working on, the racks are designed for that. Like that's what they're. That's the kind of thing that those machines were meant for. They're they're the construction style of them and everything. And so it's very easy. That's a very easy business for me to expand. And the more we can expand it, the more we sell with it, the more I get to do fun stuff with Cower when I'm not worried about as much like. You know, how am I making payroll this week? You know, if we sell a few racks every week, payroll gets met. We get to have fun making cowers uh, or titans. Uh, and it's been very good for that. Uh, so it's kind of – and it's kind of one of those things like we – you know, before we had titan, there was nothing less than three grand from cower. And so it's hard to sell stuff at three grand every week. And this is like, okay, well, maybe if we bring out titan, then we'll have something at like $1,500. And then if we – but, I, you know, I was like, I really know that we need like a – $300 widget like but I don't want to make pedals I don't know how first of all I don't want to make them um, I have too many friends in the business to do that I don't want to do pedal boards because I don't want to step on like you know at the time Dan Tyak's feet or, or the creation guys or whatever um, and the the rack was something that like I kind of forgot about and we kind of fell back into um, and it's been it's been exactly that it's our $400 widget that we can sell um, that's a tr it's a great product um, you know, it's, it's one that's very nice, um, and it fits a nice little niche in the market, and yeah, works out really well for me. So now we have a, a handful of different products, and we've been launching, we just launched a couple more this weekend that are, that's a new size option. Um, so now we have two different size options, and uh, yeah. always finding, you know, new things we can do with it. And I, you know, I, it's going to sound terrible, but I, and I, I truly love building guitars, but I love problem solving and thinking of new things more. And the guitars, not that they've been stagnant or like we've, I've mastered the art of guitar building by any stretch. Um, but we've kind of hit that point where I've got a good crew now and things are going really well for it. So the adding some kind of 
some creativity has been being applied to the racks, especially with our new, we just got a new CNC machine in. So there's some hat tricks that I'm very looking forward to doing that we're going to use on the rack line first. Um, and that will filter over to guitars later on the new machine. So it's been kind of fun to do that. Um, well, I, I see a things. lot of, a lot of owners. Um, I think Robert Keeley's one that I see a lot. Mm -hmm. um, you see them post that when, when they get big enough or they get to the, the, the point where they can sustain a crew, Mm -hmm. They they're not doing the I mean, Doug, you're not probably wiring the pickups. You're you're not doing nah. everything. You've got people who do this stuff for you now. And you're kind of and a lot of the times when you're not worrying about the financial side, you're sitting there trying to f not find a problem that needs to be done. But you're, you want it. You want to oh, do yeah. something else. You, you <laughs> the want problems you, find me. But yeah, no, I know what you yeah. mean. Like, uh, yeah, like Robert Keeley, like making new things, like that's his thing. Like he, like yep. you know, he's not in there. You know, you're not getting the pedal hand built by Robert Keeley anymore. He's moved on to the. He's the guy who's he's able to make these new things. He's able to prototype and and exactly. do all this stuff. And and it seems like a lot of the owners are really happy when they're able to create something new. A lot of the owners well, start out as creators yep. who had to become businessmen. Yeah, it's kind of the irony for me is the slower we are sales wise, the busier I am. That that I have almost no free time when we're desperately spending every minute trying to bring in any amount of money to to make payroll, make rent, just to sustain. You know, and and you know, and there's a certain amount of like we're busy, but we're not busier than the bills are coming in, and that's a very difficult spot to be in. And and when we have money coming in, the busier we are, I actually the more free time I get in some regards because it's then I have the option of saying, you know what, I can take an hour and finish this program that I've been wanting to make or finish this design that I've been kicking around for a year now. Or, you know, and that's a very nice place to be in. And uh, I mean, the reality is, even with now with Tyler being gone, I'm back to being the painter again. But even when he was there. You know, I between especially the three brands that we sell now, my day is insanely fractured, uh, and I bounce around between stuff all day long. But I miss that part of it. I like being able to just, you know, that's why I work Saturdays so often. Is Saturdays the one day I don't, you know, nobody else is there. I don't have to feel like I have to answer every email immediately. Uh, you know, it's, the <laughs> as much as I love the internet, I think there's like literally 37 ways of directly getting in touch with me. And it just becomes kind of this daily onslaught of, you know, <laughs> like I'm, gonna, yeah. I'm honestly going to have to start putting on our order forms. Like you have to include what your Instagram account is now because so many people Instagram me uh, direct that I don't know who I'm talking to half the time anymore. Like I'm like trying to like, all right, who's this guy again? Oh, like and go through their pictures which guitar, like hold on, hold on. Yeah. <laughs> which, which guitar is yours? Oh, I have the orange Titan on. Oh, okay. I know who you are now. Um, like I just need, I guess it's becoming difficult, especially Instagram because I don't always have people's real names uh, attached yeah. to that. You know, like, I don't know who this is. Like, oh, how's my guitar going? I'm sure it's great. I'm sorry, <laughs> Big Bitty Lover 69. I don't know who you are. Yeah, yeah <laughs> loves to splooge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you make sure like <laughs> either either use a, an Instagram name that I can understand. Or, oh man, yeah, that would be a great new thing for uh, ordering your Instagram. <laughs> I, I really think I'm going to make that a box because it's just you know, and it's it's. I, I don't get me wrong. Especially, I mean, you guys know me on Instagram. Especially, I love Instagram, and even though I have my gripes about how it's gone the last few years, it's where I do a lot of business. But it does become difficult to have to keep track of. You know, Instagram, Instagram Direct, Facebook, Facebook Direct, Facebook 
business direct for our business page, uh, free email addresses, uh, you know, uh, I get text messages from people and it's like, it just is, it's like, just pick one way. And, and then the worst is if people switch midstream and then I'm like, God, do the <laughs> pick one system yeah. and stick with We're dealing with musicians <laughs> who are mostly all ADD. So well, and I, yeah, and I definitely, you know, the prevalence of the mobile device has, I think led to a lot of that where it's, but it's like sometimes I get people like, you know, hey, how much does this guitar cost? And I'm like, why can't you go to my website before you ask me that? Like it's on like the prices yeah. are clearly listed. Like, please don't make me stop what I'm doing to answer a question for you just to tell me, oh, I didn't realize it was that expensive. Like do like I three... order a guitar from you, I'm doing postal service only. I'm writing hand letters. <laughs> <laughs> Dearest dog. It took me seven years to get this guitar because I was sitting on my horseback. Oh man. I, I got I was on a podcast a few years ago and I got a little drunk on it. I was like, if somebody ever mailed me a letter, I would give them a guitar. And that actually happened. Like three people oh. mailed me letters immediately. Like the first guy, I'm like, well, he got here first, and so he got a Titan. Uh, oh wow, actually, that's that were cool. Yeah, he's a good friend of ours anyway, and and actually, the te- he did technically. I gave him a guitar, but then he emailed me after the fact, and it was right after Harvey or uh, one of the hurricanes, and like you know, his where he lived was just wiped out, and he had a friend that lost all his guitars, so we ended up basically his free guitar went to his friend, so it actually oh, wow. worked out really well. That's cool. Wow. That's yeah, awesome. So it worked out pretty good, and. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I got like three letters in the mail within two days. <laughs> That's great. Um, I think we're going to wrap this episode up, but there was a question on here. Uh, for, we've got our little show notes. Uh, what guitar was your biggest challenge? Out of all the guitars you built, which one was like the biggest hurdle? Sure. Well, I have I have two. I have, from a technical point of view, uh, Titan is the biggest accomplishment for, for a... Uh, uh, what we did for what that guitar is like there was and that that guitar is like a confluence of every single thing had to come together in the shop over the last 10 years to make that possible at that price point so i'm i'm really proud of that from a uh maybe mechanical point of view we'll say um the model that we just discontinued called argonaut uh, which was a double carved hollow body um that i started making years ago very early on with a very rudimentary knowledge of how to make my CNC do what it was doing. Um, and and so we just bought a new CNC machine that you could draw three-dimensional objects in, and it will do that. Our old CNC, the one I've been using the last 15 years, does not have that processing power. So to do three-dimensional carving requires a lot of very manual drawing and math. Um, so to build a basically... It was kind of built, so it's basically our Daylighter model, so the Jazzmaster shape, but it was built like a PRS hollow body too. Um, so the inside of the top and the back are carved to match the outside. And it was, it's a great guitar. It literally would have like 100 hours into each guitar. Um, and we, in like the 10 years we offered it, I think we built 22 of them. Um, we basically built one a year. And it would be for me, and then I would sell the one I built for me the year before. Uh, <laughs> like it was, it's a great guitar, and and so that was a that's a big accomplishment guitar for me. Like Super Chief is is a much simplified version of that guitar. It's flat top, front and back instead, and it's a different approach to to kind of the same territory sonically. But uh, Argonaut was pretty amazing. Uh, it's a it's a pretty. I, I'm very proud of that guitar. 
That's awesome. Yeah, dude, I've, I've drooled over plenty of Ar- Argonauts. <laughs> Just, <laughs> they look great. I think Dustin Babbitts has uh, the most Argonauts in one place now. He has a like he's got four or five now. That's a sizable percentage of all of the Argonauts. Um, <laughs> well, he's trying to corner the market. Man. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, uh, guy, Doug, thanks for joining us. Um, thank you, guys. And and guys, he will be on next week, which we're recording right after this. So he's. <laughs> so <laughs> we're gonna have a lot of fun uh, going into the next topic. Um, be sure to uh, check us out on Instagram at the Effects Loop. Join our Facebook group at Facebook.com/slash/group/slash/TheEffectsLoop. And if you have any questions or any suggestions, um, if you want to tell Scott to go screw himself, you can go to theeffectsloop at gmail.com. <laughs> Isn't that what our private chat is for, for you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. And, and check out uh, Coward Guitars, Titan Guitars. Um, it's, was it DRS Racks? Yep, DRS Racks. That's all right. Literally yeah, Doug's right. Rack System. <laughs> I was wondering really what this for. <laughs> That's that's why I, I was always wondering what this is for. Um, so uh, for the effects loop, I'm Diaz. I'm Chris. I'm Marissa. I'm Scott. I'm the guy who talks way too much. <laughs> that's Doug. Uh, we'll see you next week. Bye, y'all. Bye. See ya. Uh, welcome to the Effects Loop. I'm Diaz. I'm Chris. I'm Marissa. I'm Scott. And I'm Doug Cower. And we're keep oh son of a <laughs> God bless America. God bless America. All right.